Yeah, let's just start by praying. Thank you, dear Father, for the, that we can be together today as the body of Christ. Thank you for the corporate anointing in this place. Thank you for the Spirit of God here. Thank you for your anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage, that removes burdens, that um, drops uh, blinders off eyes, that gives us revelation yes. into your word, answers to questions, insight into things that we do not understand. I ask you to speak through me this morning. Yes. ask you for utterance yes. to, to speak your word what you would have me to say and how you would have me to say it. And I humble myself under your almighty hand, um, asking for your help in this. And we thank you that we have it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Mr. Newman, you gave me a, a scripture to start with. And... We find that in first, uh, boy, I'm really not used to this. Okay. Okay. Um, first Thessalonians chapter one, verse five. Looks like somebody picked up the mail. Last week, there's a whole bunch of mail right here. Did you hear about the little girl that sent a, Letter to God at Christmas time. There was a letter that showed up at the post office addressed to God, and the people didn't know what to do with it, so they gave it over to the postmaster, and uh, he, he, he read it, and it was kind of a touching little letter, and so when the pastor came through the post office, he turned it over to the pastor and said, maybe you can help this family. And um, the letter just simply said, dear God, uh, Christmas is coming and, and my family is a little short of money. Could you help us with $500 for Christmas? And so the postmaster gave it to the, to the local preacher and, and he brought it before his congregation and they took up a little offering and sent it over to the family. Well, shortly after the new year, another letter shows up at the post office and the, um, the letter says, Dear God, Thank you for the um, thank you for the, the the money that came just in time for Christmas. Um, next time, all that came in was was three hundred and fifty. Next time, please don't send it through the First Baptist Church. They skimmed one hundred and fifty off the top for themselves. Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter one verse five. Um, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you, for your sake. Um, so here we have the the word of God backed up by the power of God and the power of God, you know, the, the, and the Holy Ghost confirms things and, and brings comfort and assurance. But all that is backed up by the character of the ministry that brought the, 
brought the message. He says, here as you see the, what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Um, I didn't get my whole message out of that, but I wanted to read it. And, um, you know, as we talk about spiritual gifts, which I think there's, a, there's an interest in here, I just have a couple things to say about that. And um, one is that, you know, the, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for every man to profit with all. It lists the spiritual gifts. Um, but then it says that these operate as the Spirit wills. So the spiritual gifts are a, uh, they're, they operate under the sovereignty of God. In other words, as he wills. In other words, we can't, the way I read this, we can't turn them on or turn them off, okay? But we are to covet them and desire them, and, and I think that makes them more, more likely to occur. But in verse 11, it says, he distributes to every man severally as he wills. And so we're not to live our entire life on, on spiritual gifts. The Bible says we're to live by faith. And we can see that it's um, across the scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. It says, the just shall live by faith. It's repeated again in Romans 1.17. Again in Galatians 3.11. And again in Hebrews 10.38. Um, where, let me read the one in Galatians. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And so, even Abraham in the Old Testament, he was justified by faith, and he lived before, before the law. But it's... Um, it's our faith that, that God looks at. I was also noticing how God, in 1 Corinthians 12, he set members in the church where it pleased him, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. And then 10 verses down in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, he set ministry gifts and spiritual gifts. But all these are encompassed in the local church. And that's where, that's what's so, so great about about assembling together as the Bible commands us to do. So, so that's what I had to say about that. I want to talk about three things and trust the Lord that the timing works out here. Spiritual hunger, spiritual feeding, and the leading of, of God. Okay? Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 6. I heard about, I read in a history book one time, a great story about, uh, about an old pioneer church probably 150 years ago. 
and that was back in the days of the of the Methodist circuit riding preachers. Email sent. I'm glad I saw that. Let me just, I'm glad you saw that too. I just say, just say. Um, because not every local town had a pastor. And, and so they would they'd go and, and um, you know, bury people and marry people and baptize and preach and, and, then, and then go to the next town and, and keep doing their circuit. Well, anyway, there's a story in, in um, apparently a true story in, in a, a history book by Peter, Peter Marshall, um, where he said it was this one church way back then, and uh, they, 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 they were calling it Temperance Sunday. And the preacher was, was preaching long, loud, and strong against demon whiskey. And he decided to offer for the congregation um, stunning visual evidence. And so from, from below the pulpit, he pulls out two glasses, a glass of water, and then a glass of whiskey, and he sets them right here on the pulpit. And then he pulls out another little box, opens it, and fishes out a little earthworm. So he's got everybody's attention, drops the earthworm into the glass of water where it wriggles around in apparent delight. And then he fishes it out, brings it out, drops it into the glass of whiskey. It dies instantly. And so then he leans forward over the pulpit and goes, Now, what does this prove? A bleary-eyed, red-faced brother clear in the back staggers up to his feet and says, Hey, it, it proves. It proves if you drink plenty of whiskey, you'll never have worms. <laughs> I would have liked to have been there. He, he, he deserved that. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Our hunger for God and for spiritual things has everything to do with how much we receive. Jesus said over and again, um, if you have ears to hear, not everyone has ears to hear, but for you know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says, says to the churches. I love the spirit of the same thing over in Psalm 42, verse 1. where it says, as the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then, in Psalm 37, verse four, 
It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of my heart. I also have um, 1 Peter 2.2, where he says, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Um, Psalm chapter 1, he delights, um, the, the man that's blessed delights in the law of the Lord meditates on it day and night. There's a, there's a principle that I want to highlight with this, and that is that our, the things that we desire in life follow the things that we give our attention to. Okay? Anything that we really focus on, um, it's going to start to cultivate a desire there to... Um, for, and, it, and it could be anything. It could be natural, spiritual, good, or bad. And we can, um, you know, looking at, at Psalm 1, it says that this guy, he delights in the Lord, and in his law, he meditates in it day and night. Um, it's about developing a, a heart for God. There's another verse in Psalm 16, verse 8, where it must have been David saying, um, I have set the Lord always before me. He put him in the forefront of his, of, of his thinking and he set him before him, and he, he's, because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, my glory rejoices, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Um, but our desire follows what we, what we give our attention to. And in cultivating spiritual hunger, um, it's just, it's just so important to, to put God in first place. Um, there, was a, there was a mechanic that I went to visit once in just north of the Twin Cities. And he was a brother from church, but I'd never been out to his place. And he would just sit in his little shop and work on cars all day long, listening to the Word of God. And when I got in, and, and when I just stepped through the door of his little shop, the spiritual atmosphere inside that little shop was just so wonderful. You just sense the presence of God in there. Yeah. Old Jerry Tuat. And, and, he's, and, and, and he, he just, he'd, he'd be playing one, one cassette tape after another, putting the next one in, the next one in, listening to the Word of God. Um, but if we... You know the way to to lose to lose our desire for the Word of God is is to focus on on natural things, and I've noticed I can get very um, concerned about what's happening in the nation, what's happening in the world. You, you know, and 
I, I, I believe in, in being informed, and I would always say to myself, well, somebody has to care about the country. <laughs> and, and, uh, but if I, if I put too much time and attention into hearing about everything that's going on, it would absolutely sap and dry up my, my desire for, for spiritual things. And um, sometimes I, I, I knew it was happening, and, you know, that, that pull can be so strong that, that you don't even want to turn it around. But God's helping us. And he's helping me. Um, I want to move to, to spiritual feeding. And we, obviously, you know, we were supposed to be fed the word of God in church. And my prayer is that that's what's happening today. Um, and so the word of God is anointed and we just always want to be be reading our Bible every day. Do you know if you read one chapter in the New Testament, Monday through Friday, that'd be five chapters a week, you'd get through the whole New Testament perfectly in one year. And it just, it just works out that way. And that's not, I know of um, at least one church that, that just does that. They say, okay, this week, starting tomorrow, we're reading, you know, where are we at? Matthew 15, okay. And Tuesday, Matthew 16, and they, and they just read, and, it's, and they only do one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, and they just cover lots of ground. But the more of the, of the truth of God's word that flows through us, when, you, when, when something comes up and you, we, we hear this, we hear that, somebody comes out with a, a new teaching that we're like, I don't know. You're like, nope, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this. You see, um, one time I got a letter in the mail from a um, from a place that that called itself a ministry, and and it was um, it was all written in big letters, you know, underlined in blue, um, you know, saying, "Hey, we're going to be." Um, a debt-free army. Well, debt-free is good. Yeah, we're going to help you prosper. Okay, that's good. Um, sow a miracle seed into this miracle offering, and you're going to have an amazing, you know, supernatural. And I'm like, okay, I believe in those things. But the Bible says you, the, the Bible says that you support ministry that teaches you and feeds you spiritually. And these folks don't qualify. They haven't taught me anything. They haven't imparted any spiritual truth to me. And so there's always supposed to be an exchange of, of spiritual. You know, Paul says, I gave you spiritual things. Is it a great thing if I reap your carnal things? There's always an exchange uh, that's supposed to happen. Um, and so, you know, some things in the letter were, okay, principles that, yeah, I believe in that. But these folks hadn't taught me anything, and because I read my New Testament, I'm like, nope, they don't qualify. They're not giving me anything spiritual, so I'm not sending them an offering. And I, and I, I, I took a pass on it. 
Oftentimes when I read the Bible, I, it's, it, it's like, um, you know, it's good to read sequentially, you know, chapter by chapter, um, not too much, you know, maybe a chapter a day, um, because then I can, you know, make progress in one direction, but most of the time I'll, I'll read where my heart is hungry, and the Lord will lead me, you know, read Galatians, I'll go to Proverbs, read this, and he'll bring me right exactly to, to, to what I need. Um, I've, I've tried that one-year Bible again and again, but you wind up, I, I would wind up getting stuck in a spot that has absolutely nothing to do with what God's talking to me about right now. And uh, it's, it's, it was, at least for me, hard to, hard to stay consistent with that. But you can feel strength coming into you. Um, sometimes I'll put my hand down here and I feel almost like a heartbeat. It, it's just, it, I'm just, re- it's just relaxing and, and just reading the Word of God. And, and when, I, when I get up, I mean, that's a spiritual meal. And, and I feel, feel strength coming into me. At home uh, with my wife and I, when we do family devotions with the kids, for years and years, she's called it manna. Have we done manna yet? Well, manna was the supernatural bread that God provided for the Israelite people when they were journeying in the wilderness. And that's a type of, of God's word that he supplies for us every day. And we can be confident that we'll have a fresh word every day, just like the manna was fresh every day. They, they weren't supposed to keep it overnight or it would rot. Okay. Um, Proverbs 4. And verse um, 20 is, is where we're going. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. This is about our heart. The, the issues of life are, I think another translation says, the forces of life. It's, it's what, um, doesn't James say, the spirit without the body is dead? When our spirit leaves our body, our spirit goes to be with God in heaven, our body stays right here, you know, all's over. But, but God's words are life to those that find them. It, it will take some effort and health to all their flesh. And the word of God can quicken our spirit. And um, um, 
heal our bodies. Everything that God does with us, he does from the inside out. Okay? When we're born again, the, the, the change in the new birth that's instantaneous happens in our spirit. Where, where when we ask Jesus to be our Savior, it gives the Holy Spirit permission to come on the inside work a miracle of regeneration and put us in connection with, with God in heaven. And so then I have the life of God on the inside of me, but then I need to renew my mind to the word of God, which eventually works its way out to um, our behavior and our decisions. And sanctification is always a process and God is always merciful. But... Um, I'm, I'm trying to just stay in line with, with, um, with feeding here. Acts 20, verse 28. Paul was, I think, about to leave some people, and he... He said to the leaders of the church, he said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Psalm 78. And you don't have to necessarily turn to all of these. um, But they're, they're so good. Psalm 78, uh, long chapter, verses 70 to 72. He chose David. Also his servant took him from the sheepfolds, from following the lambs, great with young, brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with the skillfulness of his hands. And that's the heart of, of a pastor and the heart of, of, you know, there's so many people that were shepherds that God called them to, to have a heart, to, to care for folks and to feed them. Um, Isaiah chapter 50 is a favorite scripture of mine. I've, I've meditated in this a lot. Um, and um, it's, a, it's prophetic of, of Jesus in his ministry, but then we are to be imitators of Christ. So it says here, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. Um, he's given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. There's been, there's been times where I'll see people and you can see, you can see their eyes, you can see their countenance. They look a little down. And I want to say something to to help them to change their day. But if I haven't been in the word of God enough and if I don't have 
I can want to say something, but just not have it to, to say. And I feel bad about that. But this is, you know, just the right word spoken to somebody at the right time. You know, Proverbs calls it apples of gold and pictures of silver. They're, it's a, it's a, a, a word that's in season that can totally change somebody's day. Um, back to Psalm 1. I think we'll, we'll close up here. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read through this because the word of God is so edifying. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. We're talking about spiritual feeding, okay? Um, a tree that's planted by rivers of water. I think there's a verse in Isaiah that says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of, of our God. Not, we're planted, not constantly transplanted and uprooted and transplanted over here and uprooted and transplanted and uprooted. No, planted. We're talking about um, commitment and consistency and there never is anything uh, that we'll have in life that will ever amount to anything without, uh, without commitment, without commitment to God, without commitment to our local church, without commitment to our family, without commitment to, to our, our job. I mean, if you're a committed person, your stock is going to always be up because people, because people appreciate consistency. You know, oh, I know Bob. He will always, if I do this, Bob's going to do that. Bob will respond like this. Bob will be there for me. If I call Bob, he'll answer the phone. Um, consistency is huge. And here's a guy that's planted his life by rivers of, of water. This is rivers of living water where... I, to me, I see it as the local church where, where the, the life and the spirit of God is, is flowing in this stream and he's, and, and he's planted here and sinking his roots right down into that water. Amen? Okay, now there's more. It says, he brings forth his fruit in his season. Seasons are important. Just read... Ecclesiastes. Is a time for this, a time for that? Okay. Seasons. A brings forth his fruit in his season. In other words, the things in my life that are the things in my life that are the will of God, that God wants them to happen, they happen when they're supposed to happen. Okay? Grandma said, don't put the cart before the horse. 
right? Okay, we, I mean, there's, there, there's an order to things, you know? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage. You've got to keep those in order, all right? Things in life happen when they're supposed to happen. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. And I believe I'm, I'm out of time. So I didn't get to the leading of God. There's a lot in there for, for teaching about how God leads us and guides us and directs us personally. I said last uh, two weeks ago that primarily he starts with, with the Bible and leads us through his word. And when we become obedient to this, then we qualify for the next set of directions which are more specific to our individual life. And then we'll learn how to discern the voice of God and follow him in all the minute uh, details of life because all of that is actually available to us. Okay? And, um, and, and he leads us, you know, through our spirit. We don't, we don't go off trying to hear voices. Um, an audible voice of God can happen. There are a few men of God that have heard, heard it, but most of the time, he's... speaks to us right down in our heart, which is where, which is where he lives. You know, Isaiah says, you shall go out in joy and be led forth by peace. And that peace becomes the umpire that calls balls or strikes and, and, uh, and helps us. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for these people. I ask you to bless them, bless their families. Thank you for their spiritual hunger. Thank you for what you're doing here. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was Lutheran, after that it was, go in peace, serve the Lord, thanks be to God. <laughs>